It's time for another episode of Tucson Means Business, featuring Tucson's top entrepreneurs and leaders in the business world. And now here's your host, Mark Bishop. And once again, I'm proud to have you along for another Tucson Means Business, the show that represents all sorts of businesses in our fair city, the people that make the world go around, small, medium, large business too, of course, but the ones that uh, can tell us the stories a lot are usually those that have their own. They've worked hard, they've built them from nothing, and they've scratched, and they've kept them open, and they've done whatever they can do. And that's usually we have, along with the top uh, not-for-profits and fundraisers who help us all get along in this city. And that's one of my guests today we're going to be talking to by the name of Barbara McClure, who's the Executive Director of Impact. Before her, Jennifer English. Jennifer's been around a long time in the food industry, an award winner, uh, wonderful about food, has her own uh, radio show, also uh, has her own podcast, uh, more importantly, right here on uh, Tucson Business Radio X. And that can be heard monthly with uh, Friends of the Business with Jennifer English. It's a wonderful podcast, and you should check it out. Her friends and guests are very, very interesting. Along with that, we're going to be speaking with Mackenzie Taylor. Macker is the executive chef of our wonderful sponsor, the Rincon Grill, the hidden jewel of the desert right here in Tucson, Arizona. Wherever you may be listening, you've got to come and visit us. And when you do, you go to 12,000 Tankaverde Road, because that's where the hidden jewel is, the Rincon Grill. You'll love it. And Mackenzie Taylor, we call her Macker. She comes on out from the kitchen and will talk with you and, and loves to meet people and she's terrific like that, okay? So uh, our sponsors are the 49 and Golf and Country Club, and we're very grateful. Thank you. Last but not least, if you're going to have a wedding, why not have a romantic one? Yeah. So Cherise Belusi is that lady, and she does romantic weddings all over the world, should the people want them there. And she's British to boot, so I'm not the only weird accent you're going to listen to today, okay? But first of all, welcome, ladies. First Hello. of all. Thank you. Lovely Thank to you. have you. Welcome to Tucson Means Business. Jennifer, you're looking wonderful. Thank you, Mark. Yes, indeedy. You're a multi-award winning broadcaster, writer, hospitality industry consultant, and culinarian. Yes. Who is the founder and the host of the Food and Wine Radio Network. Mm-hmm. Started and right here in Tucson, actually. Did it really? Mm-hmm. And what year? When, when was 1999. that? 1999. Yeah? And how did it take off? Pretty good? And the land before time, right? I feel like when you set it up like that, I do feel a <laughs> bit like a culinary dinosaur. But in our industry, things change so fast. Every four or five years is a generation. and really? so. You know, I look across the table at executive chef Mackenzie Taylor and, you know, in culinary terms, in the hospitality industry terms, she's like my granddaughter. I mean, that's that's (laughs) how fast things go. What a lovely compliment, Maga. Thank you. (laughs) The Business with Jennifer English is heard monthly where what is your podcast aiming to do? What what do you really want to get out with this show now? You know, uh, I love... um, Tucson Business Radio because it allows us who are in the business of the hospitality industry. And you got to remember that Tucson is a city of gastronomy named by UNESCO. Yes, that's the big fair income deal. It's not just talk. It's a a real thing. This is a very significant Hmm. accomplishment for us to be recognized for what we've been doing here for 4,000 years. We've been cultivating food continuously for 4,000 years. But Chef, you'll you'll recognize that when you grow food and then you make food and then you share food, your food is your medicine and it's your culture and it's 
everything. Yeah, you see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) Isn't she a wonderful talker? Well, her in-depth interviews and intellectual musings on the craft, history and culture of all areas of food and drink have earned Jennifer the prestigious Gracie Allen Award from the Foundation of American Women in Radio and Television and the James Beard Foundation Award for the Best Radio Show. Welcome, Jennifer, and congratulations. You You are good. I I have to say, I am really privileged and honored to be on your show. We've been trying to do this for several months, and I'm I'm glad we finally got together to do this. I'm excited. Thank you. It's terrific. Barbara McClure, another good-looking bird in the studio. I'm glad we're not on video today. You'd all be jealous. Impact of (laughs) Southern Arizona. Wow, what a company. She wakes up each morning passionate about going to work at a place that improves lives and inspires futures every day. She's been the executive director of a Tucson social service nonprofit called Impact of Southern Arizona for 10 years now. Barbara, what is it that keeps you passionate about your role? I think honestly, Mark, it's just helping all those people. Excuse me. We have so many thousands of people that come through our doors and they're just like everyone's neighbors. They just have a little blip in the road that puts them back and then we help them find the way back to prosperity and move them forward. So it's just a passionate job. So it's fun to go to every day. <laughs> well, you've been a visionary and a planner with decades of experience in as a small business owner and in nonprofit leadership. Now, would you say your innovative ideas and strategic thinking, along with a talent for bringing community together, have helped grow impact fivefold in a, you know, a very short time? Absolutely. I think it's the key to everything, innovation and then working with people, partnering. There's no way Impact could do what it does without help of a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, well, particularly in what you deal in. We can delve a little more into that a bit later, but it seems that your talents and your interests are diverse, but they all center around helping people, improving community, bolstering education, building capacity and sustainability. But you're also very vocal about the rights and conditions of others and experiencing art, nurturing all the inhabitants of your garden and just you enjoy life to the fullest where you can. And now you're about to experience another exciting chapter in her life with hosting a brand new radio show, radio show podcast right here, live streaming and podcast here on Tucson Business Radio X Network starting in November. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, I'm so excited. There's so many nonprofits in Tucson, and there's so many different people doing good work that this is going to be a show where we invite other nonprofits around the table and talk about all the wonderful things that are going on in the community. And there are literally thousands of nonprofits in Tucson. So there are a lot of people who never get to be recognized. So we'll have some of them and some of the better known groups. And even at Impact of Southern Arizona, we have a program where we recognize women of impact every Wednesday on our Facebook. So really, I think it's just an opportunity to make sure people know all these wonderful things going on and who the people are behind the scenes. No, oh, it's going to be fabulous. You've got to talk about. I mean, uh, you're a 20-year-old uh, social service nonprofit stabilizing families, Impact of Southern Arizona, 20 years now, yes. going on 21, uh, moving people out of poverty. That's, uh, you know, that's a big thing. That's it. We started with a food bank. You know, our goal was not to be having those families' children come back in 20 years and still be at the food bank. So it's not just about feeding them, but it's about moving them forward. Well, I, I don't, you know, fully understand all of your programs, but they're designed to stretch household budgets so that earned income can be spent on necessities. 
how do you teach so much? You know, fuel to get to work, improved housing conditions. How do you do all this? Uh, medical attention, prescriptions. Sure. So the idea is that if we give people food and clothing and the things that are the basic necessities, then they have that extra earned income to spend on all those other things. Because we help people that aren't just extremely poor, but people who are also in the gap. So it's hard for people to make ends meet in this economy and kind of in this world today. So by providing the basics for them, it frees up other income and that way they can do more with their money. We're going to get into uh, the fundraising aspect of, I can't get over how you've increased it fivefold since you took over. So you must be doing something right. You yes. know, it's not all good looks. You can't just rely on that. I mean, you know, you're very talented, very smart. Thank you, Mark. Mackenzie Taylor, she attended uh, Pima Culinary School. Yes? Yes, I did. Back Local. in 2010. Yes. All righty. And you've since been loving working for catering companies and restaurants across town. Yes. I, I mean, this is my passion. Food is my passion. Um, so uh, being able to attend culinary school here in Tucson is so awesome because it's all local chefs and they're all living their dream and showing you how to do that. So it was a really amazing opportunity. I learned a lot. Uh, all the basics, you know, the French fundamentals of cooking, but also just really how to apply that here in Tucson. How did you know, um, Mackenzie, you know, as, as a little girl or teenager or whatever's next, how did you know you wanted to follow that line of a career? Uh, I wanted to be able to make a pie like Martha Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yes. that was your idol? That was, yeah, it was my idol. Yes. Um, I watched a whole segment of her making this pie um, crust from scratch with like the actual lard that she rendered the fat off of and all of the things. So I went down to the butcher and got my own fat to render lard making pie and uh, made my vegetarian mother-in-law a lard pie, which was a mistake. <laughs> and then I thought I should really know how to do this properly. <laughs> so I was really excited to be able to go to culinary school from from just wanting to be able to make the perfect pie. Well, isn't that fabulous, eh? I have to say I love that story because I used to use lard in my pie crust and my mother-in-law had a heart attack also. Really? <laughs> yes. Like, what? It's a no-no, it, it, it actually it? makes the best pie crust. It, it really does. does. Yeah. Yeah? It really does. I mean, it just... Mm, but today people are like, lard in a pie crust, it's... Listen, I was acceptable. I was a judge in the National Pie Championships in Celebration, Florida, and the oh best gosh. pie crusts were the ones that had been made with lard. You can tell the difference. It's just, really see there the you result go. is. Well, I, I'm going to look at Martha Stewart a totally different way now. <laughs> Every time I sit down on my furniture on the patio, it's Martha Stewart living. See, yes. so now I can think. Oh, I remember Macca's story. <laughs> well, Harold. Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's all right to ask your age, but um, were you uh, sort of a, a young adult when you went? to Pima Culinary? Or? Yes, yeah. I had just moved to Tucson. I was uh, 20, I believe. <laughs> I turned 33 soon. <laughs> um, so I had just... No. Yes. Um, I had just moved here and was trying to figure out kind of what I wanted to do next. I thought interior design was for me, um, but I uh, am not that specific in my drafting. So my ceiling fans were in the hallway and that wasn't good. So my instructor <laughs> said, you know, maybe something more creatively, like not specific, you know, it's just creative and, you know, very detail oriented. So I said, oh, OK. And so I tried culinary and I loved it because if I added a little bit more salt, it just added more flavor. <laughs> it didn't ruin the floor plan completely. So, um, I love the creative freedom that I get to have in the kitchen and with creating things, but also going based on actual food knowledge and the, the molecules that make up what we're eating and why that's important is so awesome to me. Just the science behind it combined with the creativity. 
I'm going to come back later and ask you some of the companies in your earlier days that you uh, that you graced uh, your wonderful perform. They were lucky to have you, but before <laughs> you fell into this or fell into it, got it, achieved it, whatever you want to call it, this huge job that you have now. I mean, it's a credit to you where you've come from, uh, because Mackenzie is the executive chef at the 49er Country Club of the Rincon Grill, which is right there as you go in the gates of the club. And being a member as I am, no doubt you probably guessed that already, I see her a lot and I see the food, and I've been there seven years now to know what the turnaround has been since Mackenzie has been there. And it's absolutely, in fact, the other night was so booked, people, I don't know if it's a good thing or not, but people were (laughs) waiting 20 minutes to even get a table. So that's pretty good. So it's amazing. Now, what I want to ask you is this. Um, You run the kitchen. I mean, you're executive chef, which means you're in control of the whole food that comes out of that kitchen and the people that also cook it. Correct. So it means you've got to recruit. Oh, always. Yeah. We're always looking for great people to join our team. And do you train hands on? Oh, completely. Yeah. You enjoy absolutely. that? Uh, I do. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely enjoy I enjoy training. Um, it's really about coaching counsel. Uh, whoever is in your kitchen is now part of your family and part of your team, and you have to know that you can rely on them and that they can rely on you. Cool. So if they don't feel like they can come to you with questions or problems, you're setting yourself up for right. major failure down the way. Well, so. that, that just goes to show, you see. Now, I maybe I've got this wrong, but I also thought you were what they call the position in that industry is called the... Um, the food and beverage manager. Uh, you are correct. You're I am also that. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And I, I think it's called, a, I, I coined it Chef and Bee. So, I like that. Yeah, Chef and B. I was at a food show recently, and I was talking to to one of the uh, sales reps there, and he's like, "Oh, so you're like a Chef and B?" And I was like, "That, yes, business card, embroidery, Chef and B. Um, it's a really amazing opportunity to, to be able to be so involved, not only in the kitchen and the work that we're doing back there, um, but to be able to bring that momentum forward and be able to bring that bo- that barrier down. There's always mm-hmm. a front and mm-hmm. of house and back of house barrier wall. Everybody knows it. Servers versus cooks, whatever. Well, for those that don't, let's just let's just sure. touch on that for a moment, okay? Because then we're coming to Sharice. But here's the deal. You work your butt off inside the kitchen yes. and the staff and whom you teach and whom you recruit. It's all part of the plan yes. to produce wonderful food that people are going to like, talk about, tell others, and come back again. Right. The last you need at the front of the house mm-hmm. is no service, no tables wiped, uh, just everything that's so bad about a place that nobody wants to go back again. Right. That's sad. Right. Well, I, I really I consider it like a lack of understanding each other's roles. It's that idea of walking in each other's shoes. So um, there's a lot of people who struggle, I think, with ego in the kitchen and things like that. I have no ego. I'm extremely humble. And I say without the dishwasher, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. Without the busser, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. So if a table is dirty or a dish is dirty, we can't continue to create on that. We can't create on that mm. dish. We mm. can't build um, that you know wonderful feeling of everybody gathered around a table because it's dirty, it needs done. So it's that idea of teamwork and everybody really mm-hmm. understanding how everyone is so important mm-hmm. in the roles that they play. And so if you're in the front of the house and you're out there greeting guests and you're there connection, you know, but and you're in the back, you're making that food that they're remembering when they come back. Yeah. So it's really all just tied together and, and any hostility that happens between people who don't understand each other's roles, it really just continues to breed a really negative culture and we have really wanted to just eliminate that completely. So my biggest thing is people see me jumping in the front and bussing tables and seating guests and then mm-hmm. they see me back there, you know, on the <laughs> cooking line, Wonder expediting <laughs> and, and kind of there's just no barrier of where I won't go. <laughs> 
So, hey, Mark, this is a pros pro talking. Mm -hmm. When you, when when I hear Mackenzie saying these things, I'm reminded of some of the great women who have held the executive chef position in restaurants around the country. I'm thinking of Mrs. Leah Chase at Dookie Chase's down in New Orleans, because she said something one time that really struck me, and I'm hearing it from Mackenzie. And it's this idea that when you are here, you are in my house. And here in my house, this is how we do things. And when we say front of the house, back of the house, and we talk about hospitality, it's about making people feel welcome in your house, whether hmm. it's a club, a restaurant. Good analogy. And when you yeah. hear somebody like Mackenzie talking about how she welcomes people, how she train, how everyone is in the family, it's really like hearing someone talk about their house. And, and you can't have a warmer, more welcoming place to enjoy a meal than when someone genuinely feels like you're coming to my house and I'm hearing that. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And you haven't had the pleasure yet, my dear, of getting to her house. So no, we must get this soon, fixed. But I'm to help. Yeah. But I but I've but, talked to hundreds mm-hmm. and thousands of chefs uh, over the years. And and I would like to say this isn't rare, but it's a little bit rare still. And what oh. we're hearing is extraordinary. And there's a generation of young chefs who are taking these roles and they're saying these kinds of things. This gives me great hope, but it's also part of what makes Tucson special because it's the kind of thing you'd find more often here than almost any place else in the country. My word. Wow, lovely, glowing. Now, speaking of the club, you also cater for weddings, mitzvahs, private parties, uh, ladies when they have their showers. Absolutely. It's amazing. And there's so many rooms there and everything. So let's talk about weddings and that gorgeous gazebo out there by the lake and so on. And I want to introduce you to Charisse. Not the dancer, no, (laughs) but she's had for more than 18 years specialised in creating and preserving romantic wedding ceremonies and vow renewals in the most beautiful locations Arizona has to offer and before coming here overseas as well. Welcome, Charisse. Hello. Hello. Nice to be here. Yes, he's so gentle and quiet. (laughs) Speak up, will you? This could be somewhat of a highly specialised field, surely. Not everybody could do this. Um, no, I mean, a lot of people are trying now. Are they? <laughs> um, the, it's changed a lot for officiating. Um, it used to be just a few people here in Tucson, and now I'm finding more couples are utilizing family and friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a downfall to that as well, because um, with the experience of performing ceremonies, um, you go from the inception of being contacted it's i feel important to meet with your couples get their uh, vision their ideas their preferences um, so people come to you you sit down and they say look this is what we've had in mind right and then you say fine do you have a million dollars because we want to go to France, we want to get here, we want to go there. Now, how does it work? I mean, do you obviously have to talk about well, it? Most of the time, they already have their location set. Oh, they do? Yes. Oh, I would so, have thought you'd suggest ideas. Um, well, I do if they don't have a okay. location. Right. Um, I'm great at um, you know, working with my vendors and, and networking. Um, but most of the time, they do have the location already set. Mm-hmm. So then my focus then is on creating the customized ceremony for them. And um, 
they bring things to me. I show them things, ideas, readings, different vows. Um, a lot of times they like to create their own vows, and so we work. Well, that's that becoming in. more popular, isn't it? Yes, yeah, saying personal vows to each other. Yeah. So uh, are, are they are they accepted as fair dink and rigidy ditch vows? You know, they are. to what they used to be. I mean, um, they're a little more creative. A lot of times they'll add special touches that mm-hmm. um, are special to them and and their relationship, which is always nice. And then I always ask them to keep those vows written okay. so that afterwards I create a little package for them and print out all the readings and their vows and we put it together with the license. Oh, that's nice, yeah. So they have a nice keepsake. And then I tell them on their anniversaries they can go back and <laughs> read those vows and the readings. Yeah. And, and then 50% of them will want a divorce, right? Because <laughs> no, that's the American no, latest statistic. track record. Ah, oh, breaks <laughs> your heart. Oh, do you really? You have a better one than most. So listen, uh, ladies, make sure you get your ease. You might get longer odds. <laughs> and I perform the ceremonies in Spanish as well. So, you, so you're fluent in Spanish? Fairly fluent. Oh, fairly so, fluent, but enough so, to get by on that are one. Are you a justice of the peace, or what do they call it? Here. Um, well, there's different. I'm licensed through the Unity Church in Naples, Florida. Um, um, oh, that was my next question. How does one get a license for this industry? Um, a lot of people go online and just get a license out of California from the Universal Church. Um, well, I got to say, that sounds sort of cheap, doesn't it? Well, it's, it's better than it's that. It's the easy route. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the work you put in and what you do, I mean, the research I did on you, it's amazing what you get up to. But you still got to have a license, though, right? Um, that, and it's yes, recognized, that no matter what. That would suffice, having that license. I got my start in Florida, and in Florida, a notary can perform ceremonies. So that's how I got my start, as a notary in Florida. Mm-hmm. And then through the Unity Church in Naples, Florida, I got my um, minister's license with okay. theology-based. So when you have said that you've performed all over the world, like beautiful Sanibel Island... Naples, yes. Florida, uh, services in Spanish and English. You've performed weddings for couples all over the world, incorporating their traditions, yes. all right, and customs that are unique to their heritage, all right, which is, I think that's important. It you is. Know, uh, I guess it's a privilege and a joy to perform your weddings from a point of view of uh, you really feel part of their family. I do. Uh, it, to me, it's always a blessing to be part of that special time. Um, and providing them with beautiful memories and, and as well the readings and the words for their families and friends that are there experiencing it and, and participating. It's important and hopefully there's couples out there kind of renewing their vows as well. Is that, is that, uh, is that big? Um, it, are more doing that perhaps? Mm, not as much as I'd like. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe they... But, is, but it's a great time to okay. celebrate and renew vows and and that ex- but they're the ones you'd like to the choose family. a nice place right like on the beach at Hawaii or in the Caribbean somewhere yes yeah. something like that so do they pay for you to go there as well I mean um I have done some in yes. uh, in Very Mexico nice. San Carlos out on a gorgeous island on the top of a beautiful hill overlooking the ocean yeah. But Very nice. So you offer free con- uh, consultation yes. to discuss your preferences. Uh, now, for religious, okay, or romantic personalized wedding ceremony, uh, what's, a, what's a commitment ceremony? So, well, before um, gay marriage was um, 
legal. Okay. That would be a commitment ceremony, but now it's legal. So huh. I love doing um, weddings for my gay couples. Okay. Uh, anniversary celebrations and blessings. What's quinceaneras? So a quinceanera is um, for a uh, Hispanic girl right. who becomes 15. It's a beautiful celebration of her becoming a young woman. Oh, it's like a mitzvah for the for a Jewish boy. Yes. Okay. Yes. All righty. Um, can you share with us some destinations that you've uh, performed weddings at, as an example? Um, well, so far, um, pretty much in Florida, um, out on the beaches and on beautiful yachts out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, these big yachts you see, lovely. Yeah. Have you, you, you know, there is a place called the Rincon Grill that has, uh, uh, the 49ers, it has a beautiful little gazebo there with uh, grass everywhere and seats and a lake and birdies. And you should go out and have a look at that as one of your locations. It'll be very nice. Absolutely, I agree. To together and, and then they can cater. And see, they, they've only got to yes. walk 20 yards and they can come into the restaurant. That's the best to or have the gazebo, Or the other one. All in one yeah. And then and start celebrating. Right away. So your packages then, is that like you'd put in photography and flowers? Yes. So the packages include the officiant, flowers, and photography. All right. And I have wonderful vendors that I work with, so I'm not trying to do all three. No, 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 (laughs) no. But you have a wedding planner, right, in some cases. You're you're more or less that as well. Um, I can be. I don't like to do both. Um, But like a lot of times for rehearsals, if the the um, venue doesn't have someone there kind of guiding, I have to become the guide as well and as, lead right. everybody and figure out how they're going to work the rehearsal. And Sharice, who who are your most popular clients? Are they the younger age couple or the middle age couples? I mean, what it's age all, bracket? It's all different. Really? Yes. And and lately, I've been doing a lot for my military. So, so which I, I was going to ask about that's coming up to that uh, time of the year. Yes. Uh, on a uh, veteran and military discounts. Yes. So packages and ceremonies and very nice. You look after that. Driving out to Fort Huachuca. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be exciting for the day, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, so what are we going to call you? The romantic wedding planner, uh, officiato, God knows what. <laughs> hey? Very nice. Any comments, ladies? Would no, you, would you like have fun. liked a, a lady like her? Or which which of you had a, a big church thing? Anybody like that? Well, I, I'll chime in. My dad was a justice of the peace in Massachusetts, and he's gone now. But he did over 5,000 weddings, and he <gasps> took wow. them Beautiful. to heart. Yes. And he had robes that he would put on if they wanted a more formal experience. And some of them had pets that they incorporated in the ceremonies. And he had gone through a series of extraordinary, extraordinary setups and they would have names like Jay Leno used to feature on his Tonight Show segment where they would have names that when you read them together it was the you know Jonathan Long and Mary Hall so it's the Long Hall wedding you know he'd always find ways to to find something to comment about it but he he took it very seriously and he made me realize how important that time was for people and and I and I wondered is that the sort of experience that you have performing these ceremonies? I because do as well, yes. I have my robe, or and I love to find out what their color schemes are, so I coordinate that with what I wear in my suits or um, in my little keepsake pocket as well. And I'm always going the extra mile for them as well because a lot of the um, special things we're doing, like a sand ceremony, I love to do that with families with children. And so... 
as the family will have individual containers of sand and then everyone gets to pour them into a unity base and then I talk about how those grains of sand cannot be separated and that they're joined together now as a family hmm. and hmm. as a couple. And it's a very visual and thing. I can see that. it's such that. a sacred experience that you share with people. Yes. It's very it's nice. It's true blessing. I like the idea of you know coming back at your anniversary and renewing your vows. Because I think you're mm. right. A lot of people don't think about it. No. I'll have to pass that on to my husband. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Everybody learns something. Sure. You're listening to Tucson Means Business. It's um, a show that is dedicated to introducing you to wonderful people in our fair city. And uh, right here, uh, just two and a half hours from Phoenix, where you only ever go. So next time, get in the car and come down and visit us. We've got everything and more that you're never going to get in Phoenix. Trust me, you'd absolutely love it. And we're proudly sponsored by the 49ers Golf and Country Club and the wonderful hidden jewel of the desert, the Rincon Grill. Always an interesting show with the 49ers Golf and Country Club sponsoring this Tucson Means Business. That we're very grateful for. And, uh, you know, it'd be nice for you to meet somebody by the name of Mackenzie. I call her Macca. <laughs> Mackenzie Taylor is her name. Hi there, Macca. Hi, great to see you. <laughs> Mackenzie Taylor is the executive chef of the 49ers. And she is also the food and beverage manager, correct? That's correct, You're yes. You're a busy little girl, aren't you? <laughs> lots and lots to do. What's your background? How on earth did you get into food? Well, I fell in love with food when I was actually pregnant with my daughter 13 and a half years ago and was watching Martha Stewart a lot. And I decided I really wanted to learn how to cook just like she did. And so I just got a passion for cooking and baking and um, entertaining. And so when I came to Tucson 12 years ago, I enrolled at Pima Community College through their culinary school program mm -hmm. and spent two and a half years in that program, met some amazing local chefs, uh, had the opportunity to start working for a catering company in town, uh, worked with them for many years, worked at a couple restaurants downtown and just really expanded my horizons. Uh, when I got the opportunity to be the executive chef at Pantano Christian Church uh, on the east side. That was amazing. We got to feed so many people, and it was such a community-driven atmosphere. It was amazing. I think it was in the vicinity of some 2,000 or something, wasn't it? Yes. We have a lot a lot of um, wonderful members who come weekly and who uh, join us for breakfast and lunch. That's a lot of cooking, isn't it? <laughs> it was a lot of cooking. It was a lot of cooking, but it truly prepared me for what we're doing now, too, at the country club. So. There you go. Now, this um, wonderful training that you got at Bima, what was that, two years, did you say? Yeah, it was just over two years, mm -hmm. um, and it's an amazing culinary program that's local here in town. Uh, it's all local chefs who are the instructors. Right. So you learn everything from hot foods to garmanger to baking to pastry. It's the amazing. Works. The works. You took to it like a duck takes to water. <laughs> exactly. Or orange say. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's uh, it's evident in your, in your food. I mean, uh, people at the Rincon Grill, which is at the 49ers Golf and Country Club, who proudly sponsor Tucson Means Business, uh, they're raving about uh, all your wonderful changes and things that you've done. Um, so I think you learnt with a passion, and I think it's part of you. It's just who you are, yes? Thank you, yes, yeah. The passion definitely radiates. I always say if you don't have passion in the kitchen, uh, get out, because it is too hot and crazy in there if you're not doing what you love. 
Exactly. And although, you know, you're regarded as back of house because as executive chef, you're teaching and training and also overseeing the other uh, chefs and other people in what we call the kitchen area and so on. But you're also front of house, aren't you, with your other role? Yes. So I've had such an interest in banquets and, and people. I love people. I always say they can't keep me back in the kitchen. I've got to come out to the floor, see the dining room, talk to people, touch tables, just check on everything. I really want to make sure that the quality of the service and the food that you're getting when you come into the 49er Country Club is just overall 100%. Um, it's really been amazing to be able to uh, work with the front of house team, which I call the hospitality team. So our hospitality team and our culinary team um, really have the same direction, the same vision for where we're going. And I think that's really exciting to see. It is. It's And you are leading the fray. There's no doubt about that. And when we talk about, you know, uh, there's fine dining and, and then there's just, you know, finger foods, right? And just <laughs> bar foods. It's interesting that the Ring Kong Grill is neither. Right. But it's, it's all. It's everything. Exactly. We want you to have amazing bar food. We want you to have a nice cold beer after a hot game of golf out there and feel comfortable ordering soft pretzels and wings. Uh, but we also want to really give you a variety on our dinner menu as well of, you know, beautiful mahi-mahi and salmon and chicken piccata. Uh, and of course, it, it wouldn't be a country club without a perfect club sandwich. So <laughs> we definitely have those offerings as well. Mackenzie Taylor. Executive chef extraordinaire of the Ring Kong Grill. When you do go there, ask for her. She'd love to meet you. We'll talk more with her later on. Now, Jennifer, I want to ask you this. You served on the board of the New Orleans. New Orleans or New Orleans? Well, I'm originally from Boston. I so you wouldn't care either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't dare say anything other than the New Orleans Culinary and Cultural Preservation Society. See, but you say New Orleans. Now, I've been told I'm not. I've been a rap on the knuckles for that. It's either New Orleans or New Orleans. I don't know. How about New Orleans Culinary and Cultural Preservation Society? And you're proud to participate on the very, very first seminar panel. Get this, ladies. At Tales of the Cocktail. <laughs> so I want you to go back in time to 2001, before this era of cocktails that we currently live mm -hmm. in, where you can walk in anywhere and there's a specialty cocktail menu that has been thoughtfully crafted and prepared, usually in consultation with the chef and the owners of the place to represent the philosophy of flavor, hospitality, and welcoming and you have to remember that when a guest comes into your place with a clean palate, oftentimes the place where you'll have the first opportunity to make a first impression on them about your philosophy of flavor is whatever they eat or drink first, mm. usually a sip, maybe a bar snack. So, so people had thrown away that idea for years, and we were a 100 cocktail nerds who were hoping that someday... We could walk in someplace, order a Manhattan, and not have a young person say, what goes in that? We were hoping that we could walk in anywhere like we were walking into a good hotel. Because at a good hotel bar, you yeah, would never have to explain classics. how to so get true. a good Manhattan. And the idea was a really simple one, that the culinary world had advanced so far so fast. But the cocktails had lagged. And so, very quickly, the cocktail industry got on a bullet train and caught up to culinary. And now you can go anywhere in the world and have a great sip 
an original crafted cocktail. Tucson, again, I will say, we punch above our weight class in the quality of several things that we offer, Mark, one of which is the quality of our our craft beers, our restaurant scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, 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 you draw the, the parallel track to Phoenix, and I, I will argue that that we outshine Phoenix in many respects, mm-hmm. and and certainly in the culinary and cocktail sense, that's true as well. We're talking um, about cocktails, but what about margaritas? I mean, you're co-founder of the World Margarita Championships. Oh, How on wow. earth did that come about? <laughs> that would be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things I, I I love sitting with this group of us, uh, really distinguished um, women in our community because Tucson is a family. It's a small town, and we have one degree of separation, and anybody that comes to visit us comes and has a a taste of that. And one of the things that we do particularly well, I think, is we care about each other. Mm -hmm. And you can't be in the hospitality industry and not be in philanthropy. And you can't be in philanthropy and not have a relationship with the hospitality industry. I mean, we really take care of each other. We do. That's a good point. And... When we are on the air with our shows, we talk about the fact that we invite the um, the taste makers, the style makers, the news makers, and the movers and shakers, and that's who you have on this show. Mm-hmm. So how that's, did you start that's the who, thing? That's who we are here. I mean, what gave you the idea? Well, when you look at the name of my show called Friends in the Business, you can't be in business in Tucson and not have your friends be in the business. If I wanted to know something about where to send somebody to go eat or to have a wedding, mm-hmm. these are the friends I'm going to call. Right. We're a very friends in the business kind of town. And if you wanted to know where the best margaritas could be found, I'll call you up, Barbara, and I'll say, well, where, where should I go? And you go, well, you know, at 49er, little known, they've got something fantastic going on. The idea is that when someone comes to Tucson, it's like if you were to go to San Francisco and want to get an Irish coffee at the Buena Vista. Or if you were going to New York City and you were going to have a martini at the, <laughs> you know, at the, at the Algonquin Hotel. There's famous little places to go to, yeah. There's something about what do you do in your place that lets someone know that they've been to that place. Right. And with the Tucson Originals back in the day, we dreamed up the fact that people should come to Tucson and expect to get the best margarita in the world. And how we'll do that is by introducing to the best margarita in the world. And how do you identify that? Well, you have a contest. And you say, bring us the best margarita in the world. And bring in judges who would know where the best margarita in the world came from and what it should taste like. And so we brought in the top people from around the world who helped us identify that this was, in fact, the best margarita in the world. Good on you. Same credit to you again. And I don't want to leave out, you were founding editor of Tea Journey magazine. Uh, Was that your first entry into publishing? No, no, no. No? But um, I was very... Honored to have been in, invited to join the editorial board on the launch of Tea Journey Magazine, which is one of the preeminent publications in the tea industry, which is a global industry, and mm-hmm. tea's becoming. Yeah, I never drank so much till I moved to Arizona. I got to tell you, to my place, yeah. margaritas. Um, what was yeah, I going to? Uh, Barbara, you've, we, we just did a lot of travel. Then we went from Frisco to New York, and <laughs> I love that. I mean, I love travel, but uh, I have never been to Frisco yet. You're not a Tucson native, Barbara, are you? 
No, I'm not. No, no. Where did you grow up? I'm originally from Southern California. So <gasps> okay. I know. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's it. That was a couple of you then. All oh, right. I think there are probably quite a few yes. in town. Okay. <laughs> they're all, they're all moving here now, I can oh. tell you. Well, exactly. <laughs> it was funny. My husband and I started our family in California, so I grew up in Pasadena. We moved to Long Beach, started our family there because that's where I attended college. And then we decided on a whim to move to Seattle. So the oh, bluest skies you've ever seen yeah, are in Seattle. <laughs> Who's saying that? I don't know. But Harry Como. That was a big not gray. <laughs> Maybe they're blue in July and August, but you know the rest of the year it was it was a wonderful place. The food, mm. Jennifer, really up there. We loved the food and the cultural diversity and all the arts. It was a wonderful place to live, but. Those gray skies and that rainy, constant drizzle uh, were yeah. just not us. I can see a move coming. What happened? Oh, yeah. Well, we went there with a 20-year plan, and then our youngest son, when he was eight, we came down to visit here, and and he said, "Are you, are you, when you come to Arizona, are you going to have a swimming pool? And we said, oh, absolutely, just oh, to yeah. get out of the heat. And uh -huh. he said, well, don't wait for me to graduate and get established. Get Kent out of the house, and I'll go with you. So mm -hmm. we were fortunate enough to only have to be up there for 15 years. And then we finally got to make the jump down to Arizona. So There you go. That's what brought you here. Yeah. Um, I wish I had another hour on this. But look, you, your boys have interesting names. What's the story behind that, just briefly? Well, when I... Um, Living in Southern California, we had a cabin up in the mountains there, and we used to go up there, but it was a rustic cabin. So my parents had no television, no telephone. The idea was just to get in with nature. And so I read a lot of comic books. You go down to the little local shop and buy them. And so we named all of our boys after comic book heroes. Mm -hmm. So our oldest is Colin. And his middle name is Bryce, as an overlay for Bruce Wayne. I actually grew up not <laughs> far from the house where the um, old Adam West Batman was filmed. So Batman was kind of in our neighborhood. And then we have a Kent for Clark Kent and a Parker for Peter Parker. And we have a new grandson who's coming up on two, and he was named Logan after the Wolverine. So it's ah, kind of a silly wow. trend in our family. <laughs> okay. But it's very fun. I told him they're my superheroes every day. So, Well, uh, the two of you, you and hubby, what's his name again? Jeff. Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Uh, I know that the two of you have been very entrepreneurial in spirit. Uh, what, what kinds of things have you done over the years? Because the job that you've done here with Impact has had to come from somewhere. Your experience, your knowledge of business. Right? Yes. Because Tucson means business, and you're doing it. That's true. I did get a business degree in college in marketing and international business and worked in the shipping industry. But when I met Jeff, he had a, a yacht maintenance and repair business. And so when we got married, he'd sold that, and then we went into furniture refinishing. And then we sold, you know, we grew it up. Built it up, sold yeah, it out. Sold right. it. And we bought a manufacturing company. So that was kind of our big jump. And it was a company that made tools for contractors. And we actually moved it from California. It was already 20 years old, but we moved it from California to Seattle and um, kept it going up there. And then mm. we got into pneumatic tube systems up in the Northwest. So, you know, in the bank where you put your deposit in and it zips over to oh. the to the cashier. Oh, I used to love yeah. that as a I kid. Yeah. That's yeah. 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 Hours <laughs> that thing. <laughs> so, so then we found that uh, this company that had us doing men doing the installation and maintenance of these tube systems in the Pacific Northwest decided to do something really unique and innovative and they decided to move ice the same way in restaurants. Ah. So, we invested in this company called IceLink and the idea is that you can have a small ice maker in the back 
And if you picture a McDonald's or a fast food restaurant, you've got those drink dispensers all around the different stations, you know, behind the counter at the drive-in window. And so you can move ice through tubes in the ceilings pneumatically, and everything is censored. So your ice maker is always full. It's always fresh. There's nobody climbing on a chair with a bucket to refill that. Do you recognize wow. that? My mind and the ice would melt. <laughs> the ice never melts on the way down the tubes or anything. I you mean, know, the ice does melt a little bit, but mm-hmm. it's ozonated, so that then cleans it. Okay. So the system was actually recognized at the restaurant equipment show in Chicago, I think back in the 90s, as uh, uh, one of the top three innovative restaurant mm-hmm. pr- uh, products, equipment. So it's now sold all over. It's sold in restaurants, it's sold in um, cafeterias, in universities, in movie theaters. So when you see ice moving through little tubes, the tubes are actually hidden behind the walls. So we've done all kinds of fun things. And the funny thing is we've always been very active in the community. And we used to sit around and say, it's too bad, you can't just make a living in nonprofit. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's obviously your next question. How on earth did you get into nonprofit work after all those uh, for-profits? You know. um, well, you know, I think on the side, we were always involved in PTA and in Boy Scouts because we have three sons. So Boy Scouts, uh, you name it, we were involved any way we could help the community. My husband's actually now a school board president. So we've always been community givers. And I've served on boards on historical societies and just other nonprofits. I was very active in the Junior League in Seattle. So when I got down here, I thought it's a long way from where I live to the Junior League. And I thought there's got to be something local as well to do. So I ended up, um, they had an opening on the board coming Mm -hmm. up at Impact. And I put my name in. Actually, our local bankers said, oh, you should join. I'm on the board. It's so such a great organization and a lot of people don't even know about it. So I started working the food bank while I waited for an opening at the board and got on the board. And then eventually the directorship opened. So that's incredible. I mean we've got thousands of nonprofits in Tucson. Thirty five hundred and sixty or something I think was the last count. What makes impact different or unique? Oh I think what really makes us unique is this model of bringing community together because we live, we're out in the rural community, our headquarters. And so we are kind of the one-stop shop for a lot of different services, and we cannot do it all. We actually have less than a dozen staff, and not all are full-time. That's amazing. And 170 volunteer shifts every week. You know, we talk about front and back of house, people that are paid, albeit small, but, but, you know, they can earn more. Um, What I'm getting at is your people are volunteers. Oh, we're predominantly predominantly volunteers, volunteer, absolutely. And, and the love and the effort that they give is is amazing. That's you it, know? and you know we've got a great team, a great staff. Like you were saying, it's just a, it's a wonderful group of dedicated professionals, all the right people in all the right positions. But mm-hmm. um, Michelle is our program director, and she always says, if the staff didn't show up. We could all operate because of those 170 volunteer shifts. But if the 170 volunteers did not show up, we would be sunk. So How many really, clients do you serve? We have thousands every year. So we're, I think it was two and a half million you invested last year or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Every year we put two and a half million into the community. Into the community. Yeah. And when I started, it was just under 500,000. So we've really grown a, a lot. long way. And in fact, uh, Impact is celebrating its 20th anniversary. We are. This, this year, is, right? Yes. 2019. Exactly. Hey, what a time to start your show. I know. Isn't that too That's going to be marvelous. Marvelous indeed. So... You know, I'd love. I'm going to run out of time soon. I'm trying to get around to everybody. So, but what about this? Let's touch on the Spring Women in Back Luncheon. Sure. Let's so, touch on that. Yeah, I mentioned earlier we have this uh, 
on Wednesday on our Facebook, we honor women of impact. And on in the spring, we have a giant women's luncheon where hundreds of people attend. And we have great speakers come in, and we honor these women of impact. And we just all gather to recognize all the wonderful people in our communities. So that's coming up. And because it's our 20th anniversary, it'll be March 20, 2020. Mm. And we've got some great speakers lined up and some honorees. And we're going to be talking about where we've come in the 20 years and what some of our fun plans are for the future. And there's a vendor um, set up ahead of time so people can network and learn about other businesses going on. So it's a really full half day. Isn't it ever? Yeah, Big fundraising fun. day, huh? Yes, and it brings in a lot of funds in there. Wonderful. 100% to impact programs. Mackenzie Taylor, was your mother a good cook? Ha. Um, <laughs> is she listening? No. <laughs> she was a different cook, maybe. She um, she was not a, a real true cook, but she was very innovative in the sense that she wanted to spend very little time in the kitchen. So what could she get done that was fresh and fast? And what about your dad? Daddy, no. No, no, no. No, no, no? No. All right. No. Um, what, what's your favorite style of cooking, personally? My favorite style of cooking, um, well, my favorite thing to make is French toast. Really? It is, hands down. I love French toast. Uh, when I was working at Pantano Christian, that's one of the things I created because our kitchen was so small. We didn't have the vol- we weren't able to do the volume for pancakes and things like that on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So I created this French toast bake to be able to kind of meet that need because I feel like you really oh. need happy, hearty sugar yeah. on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, so I created that recipe and kind of that like really got everybody so excited. And it's so simple. It's cream and egg and brioche bread and vanilla bean paste and just deliciousness. And so French toast just makes me really happy. Um, and I love that you can make it sweet or savory. So you can totally turn it into like that Monte Cristo type style with like the ham, but it's also sweet and savory. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can just go full sugar rush with like, you know, sh- cinnamon sugar churro. So one of our breakfast menus that I created on the 49ers is a chef's French toast. So it varies weekly based on seasonality, yeah, yeah. what we have. and. See? Just and clever, love of what we do. That's, yeah, isn't yeah. That and that's fun, sure. I, I mean, I've just put on five pounds visualizing the darn thing. You know what I mean? Um, I hear you. I was having a margarita mentally like a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll all be, you know. <laughs> Margaritas and French toast. Uh, <laughs> well, you'd have done a marvelous job with the 49ers, I'll tell you that. Um, Mark, can I ask? Yeah, shoot. The 49ers is a club. But it's also open to the public. Yes, thank you. It is. Um, we we have our members. We love our members dearly. Um, but we are totally open to the public for for guests and dinners and banquets and all the things. So uh, while we do have a wonderful group of members that we obviously cater to and love to see uh, daily, sometimes we uh, weekly, uh, we are open to the public and we love to have you know new faces come in and try our menus and see our banquet facilities and spaces for their next shower or wedding. And there are not nearly as many great places to eat on the east side as there are in other parts of town. Well, so that is I, true. I, I that would is point true. that out. Yeah. That, that but the is other true. thing I wanted to, uh, one of the curiosities, one of the benefits of being a member at a club is you become a regular. Mm-hmm. And there are a few places where you could go and say, what are the benefits of being a regular someplace? Because it's one of the things I always encourage people to do. Find a place where you like to go that you really want to support develop a relationship, and become a regular. Absolutely. Maybe not so much that when you walk in, they all stop and go, Norm, like they did on Cheers, <laughs> but not far from it. And again, I'm going to come back I to the fact that, that Tucson is really such a, it's such a family mm-hmm. that the idea of becoming a regular is something 
that really feels natural to us here. Will you talk to me about becoming a regular and how important it is that you've got your regulars at your place? Oh, 100%. Um, personally, I've I've loved becoming a regular, as you say, um, just over the years here in Tucson, because it's it's warmth, it's family, it's that idea of this is a home that you're being invited to, you're coming back home. Um, and for us at the club, it's such a huge part of what we do. You know, I can't tell you how great. I, there's one couple who started on the same day that I did. It was my first day at the 49ers last August, and I came out in the dining room and just happened to, you know, talk to them for a moment. And uh, ever since then, we just have that connection. You know, the oh, we had the same first day, and you know, Rick and Debbie, and I get to see them all the time, and we chat and we catch up, and um, it's really that that cozy, that warm feeling, and and being a member brings that because you know you're you're there a lot you golf there you work out there you know you're doing your different things in the neighborhood um but really like we encourage just anyone and everyone to come in and feel comfortable and at home we have regulars who are not members we have regulars who are members it's just it's that camaraderie it's that family and that's really what Tucson is it's like you said earlier one degree of separation is so true coming from southern california that blew my mind when i first got here i was like <laughs> you know this person too you know i'm like oh, i know someone who works at Raytheon too i didn't even realize the great <laughs> scale to yeah. which we were referring You it. can't get away yeah. with nothing. So, <laughs> so, you know what I want to know is, where are you all regulars? Because this idea of having friends in the business is mm -hmm. because they're experts in their field, they're experts in living in Tucson and getting the best there is out of Tucson. So where do each of you go where you're a regular? I can tell you my favorite breakfast place is the Patio Cafe in Oracle mm -hmm. for eggs. And they have the best hash hands down that I have found yet. Okay, mm -hmm. It's brined for a week. All right, go on. Everybody wonderful. get a plug in. I don't mind. So that's my favorite. <laughs> and harvest for dinner. Oh, oh nice. nice. Cherise, nice. what's yours? Um, well, I do a lot of networking with a group. Um, we do a called it's called Thursday, Thirsty Thursdays. Oh, Thirsty Thursdays. And so we go to different uh, restaurants and network with each other. But then I, I love to go to Trident. Yeah, um, I like Trident. Yeah. You know why? The oysters are amazing. Yes, because um, the oysters. owner's from Maryland, which I grew up um, ah, as a little girl in Maryland, okay. and so they're big Redskins as as well. Supporters. Okay, and Jennifer, <laughs> yours quickly. Uh, well, there'd be so many, wouldn't there? I, mean. I, I do have a few. Uh, one, I love Les Rendezvous oh, up yeah. on Fort Lowell. It's a classic French bistro. And where else are you going to go in town and find great steak frites? I love Panka. Mm. I love the Charo restaurants, but particularly what... Carlotta Flores and her family are doing with their vegan and vegetarian menus now. Mm -hmm. They're just irresistible plates of food, and I love Boca Tacos. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a it's regular at Gus Balance. Gus Balance is the place ah, I go back yeah. to time and again, where they're all like, hi, Jen. So, you know, it's nice to have those kinds of places where when you walk in, somebody yeah, says hi. What about now, you? I, I, I believe, mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe that we are creatures of habit. And because of the fact of the five-mile radius from home, if you like to have a drink and you're scared mm -hmm. stiff of the fuzz pulling up behind you on the way home or something. Well, that's what Uber and Lyft are for, yeah. Right, that's, that's right. That's what you use Uber and Lyft for. But in my neck of the woods, the club's number one for me, the Rincon yeah. Grill. Um, then I go down to uh, the British pub, 
the um, on Tanker Verde, um, mm. the Canyon Crown. Oh, uh, yeah. That's that's quite nice. No, I've never been there. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. I got to. I better take like... you east. You know? <laughs> we'll just yeah, do a tour east. East side. We'll go on east side, baby. There's a lovely little place next to Ecolectic, which I like too. Ecolectic. I always get it wrong, but it's a lovely health food type place, organic food. It's been there twenty five years. Yeah, you go. I just fell into that. Two weeks I fell out. I've been here seven years, and I only just found it. So what does that tell you? I don't get out much, right? Um, you know, there's a, we tend to have our own little. I haven't even been to the Vachis yet. Oh, the Vachis. All right, and that's Italian, supposed to be the end Italian. all and the be all, right? It's Northern Italian. And, and, it's and, and, and it's so will the bank account when you get the bill. <laughs> <laughs> so they tell me. But then again, you pay for what you get. But, I I, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna tell you about places that are irresistible, because that's always what I'm on a quest for, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things that allows us to be, you know, achieving. Uh, excellence in what we do, whether it's the philanthropic realm or the the wedding realm, is it is that we're all questing for irresistible in whatever we do, which is the highest and and sort of best you could possibly accomplish. Mm-hmm. I think the whole experience too, the food, the taste, the atmosphere. It's, it's a big package. Well, it's been fun. Time goes. I want to wrap up with everybody. Uh, Jennifer, we'll start with you. You're no stranger to media concepts. Uh, having developed and launched Let's Make a Meal cooking segments for the NBC affiliate KVOA uh, TV four. Channel yeah. 4. That's here in Tucson, folks. Mm-hmm. And around the table, Bottoms Up Radio Hour and RSVP Radio Shows. Um, you've done exceptionally well. Your new podcast you're delighted to welcome your friends, old and new, uh, to your table to cultivate conviviality. And her show is called Friends in uh, the Business with Jennifer English. And it can be heard here on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com 247365 because the show repeats itself 30 times a day. So there's no excuse that you cannot get to hear it. All right. And it's going to be fantastic. And I'm really looking forward uh, to hearing that show. And I've heard you first. You've just done your inaugural. Uh, but you've got some terrific guests lined up. Well, and, and for the next show, with our Christmas show coming up and the Thanksgiving holiday right around the corner, we're going to take you to the restaurant supply, where our friends in the business have all given us their list of five things that they think are essential for either a hostess gift, a holiday gift, a stocking stuffer. So from the professional chefs, restaurant owners, bartenders, mixologists, and our friends in the business, they're going to give us ideas about what we can, as civilians, go and buy and bring as a gift for a hostess gift. Things like tongs. I love that idea. Things like uh, meat thermometers. Things that are essentials for industry pros that the passionate home cook and eater would be delighted to get, whether it's fresh spices, mm. whether it's something as simple as, mm. as one perfect paring knife, we're going to turn people on to the thing that's going to be somebody's favorite Christmas gift this year. That's going to be fair. What a lovely idea. Very, very cool. nice. Very that's cool. that's very, very good. But straight now, from the pros. Straight from the pros. Barbara, I wish you well with your 20th year with Impact. Thank you, Mark. And uh, more so with your brand new show starting on the network right here on Tucson Business Radio X. What's it called? It's called Southern Arizona's Nonprofits the superheroes impacting our community. Lovely. All right. That's going to be great. And you've got your first guest all lined up. We do. It's going to be exciting. You want to sort of tell us a little? Yeah, I can tell you that. Because we're uh, having our 20th anniversary, I thought Mm -hmm. that a great inaugural show would be 
our, we have this little trifecta that we started all about the same time. So Saddlebrook Community Outreach is an organization that's been around also for 20 years, and they're up in the bottom of Pinal County, serving mm-hmm. children in Pinal County. Yeah, they do a great job with the kids, don't they? Oh, they do, and mm-hmm. they're so passionate. Yep. And then Impact, we're having Michelle Santorelli. She's our program director, so she'll be able to talk about programs and the great things that we've have been doing and mm-hmm. also how we partner with these others. And a lot of people don't know this, but Southern um, Saddlebrook Community Outreach and Impact of Southern Arizona started the Golden Goose Thrift Shop. So we're going to have the Golden Goose Thrift oh. Shop representative, the president of the board, Gail Van Natter. She'll join us and talk about go. that. That's fabulous. And so. you start on the 14th I do. of this month because, you know, you'll be on air forever. So they'll remember back then it'll be like the Ice Age. You know what <laughs> I mean? That's right. Exactly. That's fantastic. Barbara McClure is the executive director of Impact of Southern Arizona uh, since 2010 and a lovely guest today. Best thing to do is look up www.impactsoaz.org. Everything else, all the guests today are always on the show. Their bios, their backups, their photos. Photographs, so you can get to meet them personally. Uh, and that's nice to do that as you're here. You can uh, have a listen while you're looking at their bios and reading about them. It's all on site on TucsonBusinessRadioX.com. So I'm not going to go into all sorts of addresses and phone numbers. You can do all that yourself when you do that. And Mackenzie Taylor, thanks, Macca. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me. Executive chef awesome. of the f- infamous Shrink On <laughs> Mountain Grill. The lady that, I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised one day, Jennifer, if this lady's offered a massive job to go somewhere big money you know you know what i mean you know what i mean you know <laughs> thank you <laughs> but, it's a big passion please don't stake around stay with us for god's sake um mackenzie taylor is the executive chef of the Rincon Grill at the 49ers Golf and Country Club. It's a pleasure to light, and it's on uh, the east side of town. And if you're visiting as a snowbird, whatever, you just get onto Tanker Verde, put the GPS onto that, and it bobs up straight away. And it's a lovely course, by the way. And if you don't play golf, it doesn't matter, right? You've got mountain views, you can eat and drink and be merry, and uh, who knows? And it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. So if you do play golf, you can play with all your parts. No problems. <laughs> <laughs> and Charisse, Charisse. Romantic Wedding Charisse. Thank you for sharing today. Thank you. It was wonderful to be here. Have you had a good time? I have had a great time. That's good. That's good. You're a battling little one-off business, and we care about you, you know, Tucson Business Radio. So we wish you well. Thanks so much. All right. And and network and get out there and tell everybody about what's going on. Definitely. And uh, I hope that your next wedding, you never know where it may take you. That's true. You I've know. been out on ledges at Windy Point and Mount Lemon <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> Sounds interesting. So all over. Oh, it's don't great. stand on the <clears throat> what's it called the the Grand um, Canyon business on a ledge. Or no. something. Oh yeah. <laughs> Well, it felt like that at Mount Lemon one time. Yeah, there you go. And your www.a-romanticwedding.com. That's it. All right? www.a-romanticwedding, the little dash before the romanticwedding.com. Charisse Belusi. 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 It's Italian. Italiano. Italiano. But you speak a Spanish. I, sp- I speak un parle un, un po' italiano. Yeah. I speak Spanish too. Uh, uh, what was I saying the other day? Uh, gracias. I got it. Huh? Muchas gracias. <laughs> Muchas. Uh, buenos dias. Yes. Well, I like to, um, as well for my weddings, I've like that one. done weddings for a lot of different countries and people, so I try to learn a little something as well. And 
and incorporate that. So fantastic. It's a neat idea. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. It's been an absolute pleasure. Proudly brought to us by the Rincon Mountain Grill in the 49ers Golf and Country Club. And good luck in your careers. Thank you, Mark. Thank, Thank you so, so much. much for having us.